0: Morning, guys. Hey, I'm looking forward to uh, the picnic. It's been a long time since I've seen you guys all, but yeah, but great. Thank God that yeah we can we can come and meet again. It's gonna be great. Let's have fun, eh? But now, let's get the spiritual food before our physical food. But before that, let's uh, let's just uh, prepare our hearts in in prayer. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for uh, you know, having us as your people. We thank you for the family of God. Thank you for your people, Lord. And uh, as we approach your word, we, I ask, Father, that you will pour out your spirit and reveal your will, all that you are, your character to us, because we want to walk in your truth. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people. In Jesus' name. Well... It uh, was great last week. that I spoke about you know her being tired and however she how she managed to rely on the word of God and and push through and uh, in the midst of tiredness and uh, it was fantastic. Well, this morning I want to just continue on on the same sort of feel and uh, I always love t- titles in in my sermon. so. My, my sermon uh, this morning, I want to title it this way. The end of our strength, is strength, I'll say it again, the end of our strength is the beginning of God's. All right? And uh, because my thing is, sometimes we, have, we get ourselves caught up in a situation and, and after being a Christian for over 40 years and being, being in ministry for over 30 years, I, my experience is this, that God sometimes would leave us, uh, would would not just save us from troubles, but sometimes he would leave us in the midst of a difficult and problematic situation, so that in that situation, we become the solution. That's how God does things sometimes. And, uh, and, uh. How so? How do we respond in that situation? I think our perspective is very, very important, and for that, you know, without saying too much, I want to use the example of the very famous story of Jesus feeding the five thousand people. Oh, we hear this story very often, but I think when we take into consideration the the context of how this story uh, comes about it's very very powerful okay so let's let's this story is uh you know if you, you open your bible it's in matthew chapter uh, chapter uh, 14 and uh and uh, the we, we uh, it begins with, with verse 21 but uh let's uh let's talk about this the context of how the whole thing happened it begins with Matthew chapter 13, where the, in the whole chapter, Jesus taught the parables of the kingdom. One parable after another, the parable of the soul, the parable of, of uh, the, the the farmer. And in many, many stories, the whole chapter of the the parable, it, it is known as the parable of the kingdom. Chapter 13, from verse 1 to verse 52. And then it says, first verse 53 from verse 38 it says jesus then left you know because the teaching was by the sea of galilee and so jesus after the teaching teaching all pretty much i would say all day so he went home to nazareth and uh, after that he began to teach in the synagogue in nazareth which is his hometown and uh, and if you read that story in the when when he taught in the synagogue, the Bible says that the response of his people in his in his hometown wasn't that good. It says, you know, they started questioning him. While on the one hand, they like, wow, look at the wisdom, look at the knowledge he has, and then they said, isn't this the son of the carpenter, and his mother is he, here with us. And the Bible says that they took offense of that. It's like, oh, whatever, he's just one of us. It's almost like that familiarity of Jesus being, being uh, hey, he's just one of us. And uh, so they took offense of that. And the Bible describes that in, the, in Matthew chapter 13. It says that, and Jesus couldn't do many miracles in that town. Imagine after ministering all day and this powerful teaching, people outside his hometown admired him. Went back to his hometown, and they didn't appreciate him. And Jesus said, "A prophet is not honored in his hometown." So, uh, so I can imagine Jesus probably, okay, whatever you know, I'm tired. And then immediately after that, he heard the news of John the Baptist. Uh, being executed by Herod, yeah? And uh, you got to understand, John is a distant a distant cousin of Jesus, maybe second or third cousin of Jesus. And uh, his ministry, the Bible describes as a ministry that prepares the way for Jesus' his ministry. And the closeness of the relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist goes beyond the family tie all right because there's a strong spiritual bond and bond in the spirit literally i'll give you some examples and uh and that is when the bible describes that john while he was in his mother's womb left at the presence of jesus who was in his mother's womb also mary he, it's almost like by the power of the Holy Spirit, John, being in, in his mother's womb, recognized the presence of Jesus and he left, obviously, with joy. So, there's even, even within, while they were in the womb, they recognized each other's through the Holy Spirit. And not only that, as ministers, both recognize and acknowledge each other's ministry. And this is what John said about the ministry of Jesus in John chapter one. This is John Gospel, so a different John, where where John the the Baptist described Jesus' ministry. He said, "Jesus about Jesus." He said, "He who comes after me is greater than me, for he was before me or ranks above me." That's in John's Gospel chapter one verse fifteen. And then he also said. This is, he ranks before me where the straps of his sandals, I am not worthy to untie. That's John one twenty-seven. And his statement as recorded by Luke, chapter 3, verse 16. He said, listen, I baptize you with water, but he who comes after me will baptize you with fire. Wow. So John, John the Baptist recognized and really acknowledged the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus, on the other hand, also recognized the ministry of John the Baptist. Because in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, Jesus said about the ministry of, or just about John the Baptist, He said, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not a reason, you know, one that is greater than John the Baptist. Powerful. He is more than a prophet, as a matter of fact, Jesus said. He's more than a prophet. So, with that background, all right, let's 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 see this story. Can can you imagine? So, so number one, the the setting of the the this the uh, feeding of the five thousand men. Jesus tired, and uh, he, uh, you know, his home. You know, people in his hometown did not believe in him. Couldn't do many miracles, and then immediately after that he received news about the beheading of John the Baptist, one who's very close to him, ministerially, spiritually, and with the family ties, all that. Now, so in Matthew chapter 14, describes here, Matthew 14 verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus heard about this execution of John the Baptist, It says there, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. I can imagine Jesus after ministering all day and then get the bad news. It's like, maybe it's time for me to just just be by myself. Maybe just to be with my father. I need to be alone. And uh, he went to a desolate place. As John 14, verse 13 says. But in verse 14, in that chapter, it says, But when, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. Because the crowd heard of it. They heard about Jesus going to a desolate place. So when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. Imagine, okay, so let's look at the setting here. I've been teaching all day right and then it's almost like the anti-climatic sort of uh, thing that I experienced with my own people and then my cousin just was slaughtered by this this evil king Herod I want to be alone and just when I think I can be alone the crowd came if that was me up we would scream at the crowd guys Give me a break. I need a time alone. It's like, you know, my wounded spirit. I am wounded. Let me just be by myself and eat some worms, whatever. (laughs) I want to be alone. But the Bible says this. It says, When he saw the crowd he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Isn't that amazing? It's almost like I can see that how compassion, if we are consumed by compassion, it can override our own negative feelings, whatever we feel, despondent or whatever. It's like the love for people because it is the love of God, can override our own personal situation. So they came, they all came to him, all this crowd. But then there's a problem, another problem. The Bible says it's getting dark, and there's no food. Lots of people there, and the Bible describes it as 5,000 men, not including women and children. So that could be, I could say safely, say maybe 10,000 people. Yeah. So it's getting dark in the desert place. There's a problem and there's no food. So what's the solution here? You have the compassion. But you need a solution also. So he's the disciple solution. Their solution is they said to Jesus, send the people out to the other areas, and let them get some food. So that's the solution. What was Jesus' solution in that story? Jesus said to them, what have you got? <laughs> and they said, five loaves and two fish. So this is what how the disciples see it. They said, Five loaves and two fish? What will that do? <laughs> and Jesus' response, five loaves and two fish, that'll do. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Often we look for something somewhere, somewhere else for the solution. And Jesus, Jesus in this situation said, What have you got in your hand? Interesting, yeah. We look, in, you know, we, 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 we're we kind of, we tend to be like, if only I have this, if only, you know, that if only sort of approach. And Jesus said, no, don't look too far. What have you got in your hand? It kind of reminds me of uh, when Moses uh, was confronted by God, when God assigned him to go and... Uh, to face Pharaoh to liberate, liberate Israel and he said oh, I'm not a skillful man I, you know what am I going to do blah 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 you know he had this argument with God and God at the end God said what have you got in your hand and Moses said just a staff you know a staff god said I'll use that when Israel faced with you know the situation Pharaoh's army was behind them and in front of them was the Red Sea. It's like they're trapped. But God said to Moses, "What have you got in your hand? Use that—a staff." Isn't that interesting? In this situation, now the disciples looking for other solution. Jesus just said to them, "What have you got?" And they said, "Well, five loaves and two fish. You know, what would that do?" Jesus said, "They'll do it." But here's the point. This is how the miracle actually happened. First step, he said, bring them to me. And in Matthew 14, verse 19, it says, Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Okay? I want to stop there. Here's another lesson that I want us to learn. While the disciples looked at the lack of bread and the crowd, Jesus looked up to heaven and pronounced blessing over what he's got in front of him. I'll say it again. While the disciples looked at the lack of bread or lack of provision, and the size of the crowd, Jesus looked up to heaven, and pronounced blessing over what he's got right in front of him. Isn't that beautiful. Then he broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. I'll read it again slowly. Okay, then he broke the loaves and gave to the disciples and then the disciples gave to the crowd. The Bible doesn't say that after he looked up to heaven and blessed the provision all of a sudden all this loaves, five loaves of bread just pop up like popcorn and then Become this multitude, thousands of loaves. No, he didn't say that. He said, from following the that, that simple statement, he broke the bread, gave to the disciples, and then the disciples broke it and gave it to the crowd. Who to me that is exciting? What's happening here? The miracle didn't happen. After Jesus prayed, the miracle happened as the disciples started breaking the bread. What's happening? They kept on breaking, they kept on breaking, kept on breaking, and it never, it didn't end being <laughs> broken, sort of thing. They kept on breaking. Whoa! And kept, kept breaking it. The miracles happened as they stepped out in obedience to Jesus. The miracle happened in their hands. That's powerful. One big lesson, another one big lesson that we that I learned from this thing is, as long as the five loaves of bread remain in the hands, according to the book of John, as a little boy's lunch, One little boy who happened to be there, it was his lunch. As long as that five loaves of bread were in that little boy's hands, it remained five loaves of bread and two fish. But the moment, whatever it is, being placed into the hands of Jesus, then it became something. But it didn't stop there. It became something not, not, it's already because, yeah, because Jesus made made the miracles, but the experience of the miracle happened as the disciples stepped out in faith and started breaking the bread in obedience to Jesus. Wow. It was a difficult situation for the disciples. But they learned that as they stepped out in obedience to Jesus, things start to happen. Now, I can imagine, as recorded, like I said before, in the book of John, and uh, it was a little boy's lunch. As the story being told, they go, go back to their houses. I can't imagine the little boy said, I started that miracle, it was my lunch. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes, like I said before, this situation, you know, like we, we heard Dan's message about persever- persevering even when you're tired, just give out. Now, I know at the end of the year, it's always, you know, it a bit th- Christmas approaching everybody gets tired and, and all those things it's a normal thing but particularly this year being COVID-19 we're all lucky it's difficult for everybody but I believe I believe the miracle of God is still there if you step out in obedience to God just like like I said before the disciples looked at the problem and the people, but Jesus didn't look at the lack of bread and the size of the crowd. He looked up to heaven and pronounced blessing. I think there's something that, that yeah, Jesus did that, pronounced blessing, and the disciples played their part by stepping up and start breaking the bread, and they came breaking and just kept multiplying and I think in a small way whatever it is this message is that yeah we're tired we're we're exhausted and sometimes disappointment happens but you know what keep our eyes like the Bible says set your eyes on things above not things beneath on earth keep our our, our eyes on God and step out. See if it can, can be a blessing to to uh to others. You know, in this season of lockdown, I've never seen generosity in, 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 in my life like we have thousands of dollars coming through because we stepped out and we launched into this hardship fund. One of the examples. Hardship fund where we have to we we just kept helping people. Because we didn't look at the Oh, the government is making a bad decision. Oh, the government doing all this stuff and it's all difficult, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We are God's people. We look up to heaven and we see the needs of the people. And as a church, we decided, no, we're going to meet the needs of the people, not with our strength, but with God's strength. And, man, thousands of dollars coming to, to our account for hardship. And we help the people. And I believe it can happen in your personal life too. Just look out. And whatever you have in your hand, don't say, if only if only this, if only that. No, 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 no. What? The, 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 the question I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say is, Jesus say, what if he got there? I can use that. Let's pray. Father, Yes, Lord, we are excited. We are your people. It doesn't matter what the situation is. So often we get so caught up in, in how we feel and how how what the situation situation is, and hoping that the situation will change. Well, according to the story, it's our action and our perspective that change the situation. You will face with this. Emotional tiredness, like physical tiredness, as well as emotional tiredness, Jesus. But that turned into a massive miracle of the day. 5,000 men and with children and, and, and women, maybe 10,000 people being fed. And the good thing is, Lord, we thank you that It wasn't just you creating the miracle, but you included your followers who believed in you to be part of the miracles. So, Father, we want to be part of what you're doing in this world. Even now, Lord, it's approaching Christmas. Just speak to your people, to us all, all of us, Father, how we can be a blessing to other people around us, Lord and that we will be moved by compassion. Bless your people, Lord. Maybe people who are sick. There are some of us who are sick Or financial needs, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit will move in our hearts to every individual to reach out to the people around us, whether through prayer or meeting other needs, Lord, whatever it is, Lord. You are a God of miracles. And in the midst of a situation, difficult situation, you want us to be the solution in that situation. Bless your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.